Love Thy Neighborhood is sponsored by Freenow, the mobility super app. I like to think of myself as a kind of urban warlock, navigating the city streets, unlocking e-scooters, black cabs and e-bikes across London with just a few taps and swipes, thanks to a certain mobility super app. And I can choose to travel in vehicles with electric or hybrid engines to do my part for the environment, because this warlock is a green warlock. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now. The first woman who's like flat I went back to, she was like, do you, want, do you want some chicken nuggets? I'll put some on. And I was like, well, look, I guess I'm trying everything tonight. Yeah, maybe that's just what bisexuals do. Yeah, Eat we have nuggets chicken nuggets at night. Good afternoon, good evening, good whatever. My name is Joe Maxich, the big dog, at Time Out London, and you're listening to Love Thy Neighbourhood, the podcast in which someone more magnificent, more exquisite than myself gives me a guided tour around part of the city, which means a lot to them. One area, four places that they would give their own little cheeky five-star rating to, if they could. Five stars, of course, that's what we do at Time Out. If we really, really like something, we summon the stars down from the heavens, and we send them out like a spell, changing the course of history forever. The area today that I've been brought to, it's Haggerston. So we've done Hoxton, we've done Dalston. Haggerston is sort of the bit in the middle. It was one of London's shifting inner suburbs where the boundaries of it have always sort of changed and moved around. It was sort of a big nothingness until the canal was built in the 19th century and then everything changed. Uh, it became an absolute hotbed of activity for furniture makers. There was timber yards, finishers, cabinet makers, mirror factories, stuff like that. Ian Nairn called it a hive of individualists. Ian Nairn, of course, by this stage, our pet architectural critic on the podcast. We bring him up all the time. Uh, he was a fan. And Ian Sinclair, sort of similar type of figure, lives here still, has made this place very much uh, his home. You'll always see him walking around Haggerston Park uh, pretty much every single day. But it's not Ian Sinclair who has summoned me here today. It's someone else. It's the comedian Anya Magliano. Yes, Anya Magliano, a fantastic comedian. Her recent Edinburgh show, I Can't Believe You've Done This, uh, was a massive smash. We reviewed it. She was on the cover of Time Out, actually, with some other uh, young comedians, and she was really, really great. Uh, her show is going to be touring around the UK after this, and she's added a special extra date at the Bloomsbury Theatre on February the 10th, so go and see that if you can. Uh, if I had to characterise her work, I'd say it's a very, like, relatable spin on being a, a, a Gen Z person, something which I know all about, my friend. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing her take on uh, Haggerston. In any case, we've just left the canal, the wonderful towpath, Gonna go and meet her in our first location. Let's go and say hello. Anya Magliano. Hello. Where are we and why have you brought me here? We are outside the Britannia Leisure Centre in Haggerston. Um, and I've brought you here because this is actually probably like the most consistent place in my life at the moment. Like it's where I play football on the weekends. I play in those courts up there. Like you can't really see them from, from where we're standing, but there's a cage outside of the sports centre and I play in football in a cage every Saturday. Playing football in a cage? much more demanding than, I only went, went as far as, you know, a sort of Coram's Field five aside, 
the moment I tried to transition to a, to a cage, the limits of my fitness were really exposed. Really? I find cage so much easier and I've, I've only ever played in a cage. Like I've learned in the cage, right? And then like in Edinburgh, when I was there for the festival last year, we had access to a pitch that wasn't with a cage. And I realized that I spend most of football bouncing the football off the wall to pass it to myself, which is not something you can do when there's no walls. I do think that I've learned in the cage is a pretty good name for a show if you need one <laughs> in the future. Uh, you are, I think, how many guests have we had that have been sort of keen footballers? Chloe Petz mm -hmm. plays football. Doc Brown plays quite a lot of football. I feel like you're the third, maybe. How would you? Third you, and probably the worst. You reckon? Yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah, say yeah, if you yeah, had yeah. to guess where. I mean, Doc's quite old now, so I think you could definitely get him on pace. I could probably I could probably get a lot of people on pace, but that doesn't mean that the ball would be anywhere near me. I see. It could yeah. be at the other end of the pitch, and I'm just running up and down. If you had um, to compare uh, your performance to that of a of a professional who comes to mind see this is the thing is i don't really watch football i guess a lot of people probably watch football don't really play i'm the other way around i don't really watch it but i'll probably say beth mead beth mead yes okay so i've got an image in my head of uh that is someone who covers a lot of ground yeah i think if she saw me play after hearing this comparison she'd be really really offended and upset might motivate her to, to try a bit harder maybe yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. they were all heroes all the england team were just like complete heroes for yeah. so long i was as soon as i when i was watching the final i was giving them all a follow on instagram That's i was like it. looking them up i was like this is the highest level of respect i can give someone it's the gen z version of applauding it's to silently get yeah, your phone yeah, yeah, yeah. and to follow them on instagram it's a longer commitment it is it's saying yeah. i'm here for the long run with you do I'm you in. once they fall foul of your standards do you unfollow immediately or do you mute them first mm, if it's someone who i know in real life i'll mute but if it's if it's like a celebrity i'll just unfollow how many people that you know in real life have unbeknownst to them been muted oh my god that's quite a that's quite a stressful question it's probably Double figures? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Triple figures? That's where I'm that's where I'm less certain. I think double figures, but they some people would be shocked to know that I've muted them. Are you never concerned that one day they might say, Oh, sorry you couldn't come to my birthday, but you would have seen all you know, all about it on Instagram, mm. surely. What, what did you think of the cake? And then there's a silence. Yeah, there's definitely, it's definitely going to come and bite me in yeah. the ass at some point. And I think I know that people have muted me because like, I'll reference something in a conversation and someone won't know about it. And I'll be like, well, if, you if you've been up to date with my Instagram, you would know. Mm. I mean, if you've muted hundreds of people, that was your rough estimate. It's happened to a lot of people without you realizing when they're speaking to you. They're, they're dropping references to stuff that you've got no yeah, idea exactly, about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, I feel quite bad for them. But uh, anyway, Leisure Centre. Leisure Centre. It's a great space. I only really have used the football pitches here. I played squash for a bit, but um, squash brings out a really ugly side of me that's very competitive and like the, the kind of meeting of competitive and bad mm. at the sport which is a really ugly combination but it's great football pitch if you're like up on the top where you play outside of the cage there's a view of the shard which feels pretty london well i mean and i don't even really like the shard but it's just nice to have the option of seeing it yeah we've all sort of put up with the shard now for long enough that it's just like accepted it's quite a london thing i think to just sort of begrudgingly let this new building into the gang. Yeah. Like, come on, come on in then. You've been around for long enough. Yeah, it just looks weird enough that everyone's like, oh, okay, I guess this is one of our cultural icons now. Yes. Leisure centres as well, they are such evocative places. The smell. Yeah. The chlorine. Yeah. The yeah, echoey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the echoiness, uh, the little cafes. 
it's a, it's a shame that you sort of stop going to them in between being a kid and having kids a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah, it's very, um, oh, it's funny because this one is like, it's quite new. Like you can tell just from the way it's built, like it's pretty, it's pretty clean and like nice, but it's somehow still has all the hallmarks of like a leisure center from my childhood. Did, it, maybe this is a generational thing, but did you ever get the urban myths about the razor blades? No, what's that? Interesting. So this place is quite famous for its water slides, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a very nice big oh, area no. that looks... Well, I don't know if there's is any... Is this going where I think it's going? Uh, yes, it, it quite literally <gasps> is going uh, down the slide, being sliced to bits. There's always <gasps> rumours. I remember there was uh, a very famous water park in White City and every playground was full of these rumours that people would stick razor blades into the joins of the slides oh where they, where they fit together. Oh my Why? It, well, I don't know, just um, can't create, must destroy. Am I allowed to swear? You can swear, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, it's not nice. Again, <laughs> I don't know how many instances of this were ever actually recorded, or if it was just something to make right, going something. down a water slide really fucking hairy, because you'd be thinking about it the yeah, entire way down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've never heard that, and that's with me for life now. I managed to make it till 25, sliding freely. Well, what's quite nice is there was a chance that that urban myth was about to die a death, and I've sort of handed it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the oral tradition. Yes, exactly. To me, to all the listeners, none of us will be sliding freely from now on. No, there's been too much sliding for my liking. Should we go and see if we can just walk inside and just see yeah, what happens? Yeah, they yeah. might eject us, but we're not doing anything untoward. Okay, we're going to pop inside here, the secret entrance. We're in a nice cafe. Oh, there's a swimming pool. Oh, wow. I've never even, I've never seen this bit. Yeah, this is nice. Just for the benefits of the listener, Anya and myself are watching children swim through some glass. It's good that you're here or yeah, it would be very creepy. Yeah, it's very good that I'm here, but I would say, you know, the fact that we have microphones is probably not, it's not going to help our situation in the court of law. Yeah, that's true. Your Honour, I was podcasting. <laughs> How well can you swim? It's a very funny question to ask someone. Yeah. How well can you swim? Not that well. I was a bit behind everyone else swimming because I, um, I broke my arm in year four. Broke my wrist. How did you do that? I fell off a ledge. Okay. <laughs> I fell off a ledge during a game of Squeak Piggy Squeak. Do you remember that game? Well, is that not part of succession? <laughs> yes, I went to school with um, Mr. Logan Roy. <laughs> um, it was this game. It was basically like Marco Polo, but um, it, like a sort of pig version of that, where like you're trying to catch pigs, right? Yes. And you say, squeak, piggy, squeak, and then everyone else has to hot squeak like a pig. Yeah. And then you have to find them, but your eyes are closed the whole time. And we were doing it on like a ledge with multiple layers and I just was, um, the piggies squeaked and I went for them, but I just fell straight off this ledge and um, broke my wrist. I'm assuming there wasn't much squeak, piggy squeak in the school after that. No, no, no. Well, I think, you know what, not for me, but I think it carried on. It wasn't like, it didn't get banned in the same way. Like schools were very on it with banning like, you know, Pokemon, cards like that, all that sort of thing. But with the with games of the mind they games can't the take pig. them away games of the mind games of the pig yeah they were okay with children running around and breaking their wrists falling yeah. off ledges and stuff but not okay with the japanese trading card game yeah exactly i think to be honest i think some of it was on me like i it is a bit thick to be walking around like two meters above ground with your eyes closed but i was committed to the game and to the rules of the game and also it's just evolution like you've learned from your mistakes exactly but it's forever affected your swimming ability yeah yeah so i lost a lot i lost a good chunk of a year to um to having a broken wrist where just i think like at that time in your life like if you if you get a bit behind on swimming you're like this is too embarrassing now i i'm just gonna stop 
elite athletics left you behind. It did. If you look at, well, some of those children swimming now, they're quite fast. I'd say around seven or eight. Would you say the fastest children there are better at swimming than you are? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And, um, and that makes me feel bad. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to get us off to such a bad start, making you, you feel bad. Uh, I'd say average to good, yes. Average to good. Would you swim for, like, recreation? In the, these days, in the sea or in a lake, yes. Not wow. in a pool, yeah. I like being in, in nature. I like that as well. Chlorine. Sea, I like. Sea, I like because I just went on holiday recently to San Sebastian, which is not the location of this podcast, but the waves like I, w I would go for a swim and then i just get distracted by jumping up and down in the waves you can't really do that in a pool like in a pool you're just doing lengths yeah yeah well it's a great way to get them to drag you out of the pool yeah uh san sebastian yeah, it's quite a, that's quite a baller move to be like oh i like to swim but only in san sebastian only in san sebastian yeah that's the sort of person i am no it was uh, it was my one holiday of the year um so it was much enjoyed that's okay you've not got to justify it i feel like people in the uk are very sorry whenever they have to say they went away on a holiday yeah or they bought a piece of clothing yeah exactly it's no, the two most makes, embarrassing things that can happen in someone's life nothing makes a person in, in britain happier than when their friend says oh that's a nice t-shirt and they get to go oh it's really old yeah, I've had yeah, this, yeah, I, yeah i haven't purchased this recently one of the classics i get is like a lot of my friends i'll be like oh that's a really nice outfit and they'll be like oh yeah this is actually my mum's Okay. It's like double whammy. It's not only yeah, can double. I not buy it, but it's also like your mum is cool. Your yeah, is cool. yeah, and you don't really, don't really like buying stuff, new clothes. That's boring. And exactly. You know. what, what would be the triple whammy? It's unwashed. It's unwashed. It's handmade. It's I made it myself. Mum made Mom it. Mum made it. Yeah. She gave it to me. We're happy. That's as it. A yeah. We don't need anything. That's someone who's tapped out of capitalism. Exactly. Well, I feel like maybe um, it's time for us to move on from the Britannia Leisure Centre. Okay. So the last time um, we came into contact, it was the, the cover of Time Out on which you appeared. Uh, looked great. Cover girl. A, a cover girl, yeah, you and three others. Cover um, girls. Not to demean or diminish uh, the fact you were on it, but it was a. It was, <laughs> it a was sort an of, ensemble, please. It was an ensemble, yeah, and you were on your way to Edinburgh Festival. Yes, that's absolutely right. It was a few, I think it was just like a month before I went up to Edinburgh. You, you'd been to Edinburgh before, or was it the first time? That was the second time I was going with a full show, so. How did you find it? It was good. I had a very nice time. My show went probably like on paper, like it was like the best Edinburgh I could have dreamt of. Well, yeah, our theatre critic, uh, Anjay, gave it four stars. He was very, very effusive about it. Yeah, I, I, I had so many great reviews. The month still felt up and down. Like doing the fringe, it is, it is just like a really emotional roller coaster because you're doing the same show every day. You're literally doing the same thing every day but you're getting different reactions every day which is like a bit of a mind fuck because like you're like yesterday the audience absolutely loved this bit today they're like not really getting on board it feels a bit like oh what am i doing like am i going mad i was going to ask why did you choose uh haggerston by the way since we're we're here so haggerston is I don't live in Haggerston, but I live pretty nearby and a lot of my like activities 
have been based in Haggerston as the aforementioned leisure centre but also lots of my friends have lived in Haggerston as well so it's been a sort of like meeting point for a lot of us. I've always lived in East London. I lived in Dalston when I first moved to, moved to London but some of my friends lived in Haggerston so during the pandemic and stuff I'd, I'd often like walk down here to hang out with them in a way that was legally sound. Of course, yes. The thing about Haggerston is it's sort of different things to different people, isn't it? The sort of, the boundaries of it do sort of shift all the time, but it's a lot quieter than Dalston. It's a bit more kind of residential. It, yeah. it, it, it was a, referred to as a suburb for, for a long time. Was it? Yeah, mm. uh, but it's a lovely place. Uh, I feel very, very warmly towards it. What were the restaurants and bars and pubs that you used to like? Well, I actually moved to London in the break in lockdowns and it very quickly went back into lockdown um, and so most of my experience of like Haggerston and East London in general was like pandemic vibes. Right you missed out. I missed out on a lot and it meant that like so that's why like you know I've sort of had a lot of I've had like a lot of tinnies in the parks. Right ambient drinking. Yeah but I it took me a long time before I actually started like going to restaurants and cafes and stuff properly and we just walked past a place called a Raper and Co, yeah. which I haven't been to in its current form, but it used to be a place called the Barge House, which is where I did one of my like first ever gigs. Um, my friends ran a night, my friends Harry and Ross ran a night called the Jerk Store, and it was a lovely, well-attended, small open mic night, and I did some bad comedy there. How, how bad are we talking? It was like, you know, early days of me doing stand-up. I think I, you know, it probably wasn't, it wasn't bad in any way that would have been rude or offensive to anyone other than my future self well um, i remember um helen bauer friend of the podcast feel the power helen bauer she said when she did her first show she was so sort of high on the smell of her own shit she thought she could just go in and and just make it up as she went along which i suppose is the danger when you have friends around you all the time saying you're really funny you should be a stand-up yeah right but your stuff was all written yeah i um i think i i did a lot of like writing first before I started performing mm. so if anything I needed to like learn to be like less reliant on stuff that I've pre-written you yeah. know and trust that I can just be funny in the moment which I'm still not entirely sure I can you're more comfortable uh, with with like the written word yeah I love the written word is that shout out to the written word exactly yeah created by of course the pen. The pen. Mightier uh, than that friend of the podcast the pen. Yeah friend of the podcast the pen <laughs> shout out well, we've arrived now at our second location, but it is, of course, a very large location that has no official door. Do you want mm. to say where we are? It's a long location indeed, and we are at the Regent's Canal. Um, we are at, I don't know which even bit of it, like how you would describe this bit, but you can hear a canal boat chugging along, which it's is really, really lovely, lovely ambience. There is no engine sound quite like that of the canal boat, isn't it? It's, it's much more than a lawnmower, but yeah. less than a motorbike, I would yes. say. Yes, and I think like, during during this conversation and our walk here we're going to be in the way of a lot of people it's busy true. along here bikes everywhere the, the like constant battle between pedestrian and bike on and this, dog and dog yeah I've the three-way war i've walked my dog up here on many occasions and stuff and he's come very close to being mangled up in the wheel of a line bike once or twice the line bikes along here are an absolute disaster yes and i think true. i've ridden a few of them i'm always on the side of like whatever so at the moment i'm on the side of the pedestrians but I have to confess, I've I've driven a line bike along here in my time. At speed. At speed, ringing that little bell. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I, I really like this canal. And like I came here again, like I said, a lot during the pandemic. I've got like a variety of, mem of memories along here, not all positive. I came on a date once. We like started at a pub and then we ended up like having a bottle of wine along the canal. Well, that sounds lovely. Sounds lovely and romantic, right? And I was like, it'd gone really well. And I was really excited because it was the first good date I'd been on in so long. And I really, really liked them. We had a great time. And then a couple of days later, like they completely ghosted me and then said, oh yeah, I've actually got tonsillitis. So I oh. don't think this is going to work. And I was like, it's... I don't think that makes sense, actually. It's chronic tonsillitis <laughs> forever. But you get the last laugh because you get to then turn that into some um, absolute gold for your next set. Yeah, right. And and podcast. And it can go it can go on a podcast. Yeah. I'm laughing about it now. Where did you meet them? Was it on an app or was it It was an app. Which one? Hinge. Hinge, the um the generic app I would say. Yeah, I did a good stint on Hinge. I put my time in. As a comedian, <laughs> did you find the prompts easy, hard, or just annoying? I found that, look, I got, some of my friends told me that my Hinge profile was too funny to find love. Really? Yeah. You could offer that as a service, you know? You could literally go around I London, make extra money by just like making bankers' profiles funny for them. Yeah, that, and that would be so easy because it's such a low bar for them. Um, but like one of, my, one of my friends, his Hinge profile, he's really funny, right? His Hinge profile was really dry and I was like you've got to like you've got to make this funny and he was like no people aren't interested in that like people don't want me to be funny and he was like your profile's really funny but like anyway we're now in a relationship Aww. so that's a little rom-com story for you that's a real meet cute yeah uh, editing each other's hinge profiles that's good yeah were you making his profile funny and then you stopped and you were like no, I, I don't want anyone to see his profile. And you realised. I mean, that would be a beautiful story. It actually took about six months for us to get the balls to say, yeah. maybe let's give this a go. Well, that's a lovely story. Uh, and I'm sorry that your romantic evening with a bottle of wine didn't work out. But, you know, screw her. Was it a her? It was a they. It was a they. Screw them. Screw them. Yeah. Let's leave the memories of them behind here on the towpath and continue <laughs> in this beautiful weather to the, to the next location. Mm -hmm. Love Thy Neighbourhood is sponsored by Freenow, the mobility super app. Thanks to Freenow, I can get to where I need to go in London in a private ride, black cab, e-scooter or e-bike. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now. Does the beautiful weather worry you? Are you overcome by climate anxiety? Yes, I mean, I actually was thinking about writing some stand-up about this before I left to come do this podcast. Right. I was like, there's surely got to be something in the way everyone's being like, oh, it's such a nice day, but, but that's scary. Well, it depends how old you are. See, I'm closer objectively to the grave, so I'm that much more <laughs> selfish as well, sadly. So, right, so this is all perfect for you. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, right. Well, the best thing about the hot weather is throughout all the summer months, I love nothing more than to go to work without a jacket or a bag. Yeah. It feels so freeing. Yeah, 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 totally, to just raw dog life like that. Do you know, you, it's funny that you say raw dog life. I call that going to work raw. <laughs> and I thought I invented that. Yeah, I think most writers like coats, so they, they can put all their sort of like bits and pieces yeah. in their pockets, don't they? Yeah, there's a very like artistic idea of having like a, a little pocket notebook on you at all times and like a couple of pens falling out. Exactly, but actually it takes courage to go anywhere raw yeah true raw would be no yeah. phone as well oh my god have you done that uh only by accident but right. it, it's immensely freeing i mean you go anywhere you want and no one can contact you you're essentially a, a rogue agent at work in the city god i 
I think I have done that, but without remembering that, like, I can only pay for stuff with my phone now. Like, I never have a card on me. No. So then you're actually stuck and you can't buy a little treat. You've often referred to yourself as the official spokesperson for Gen Z. <laughs> this label has been forced upon me. I'll take it. Well, no, I'm, I'm joking. You, you obviously <laughs> wouldn't be so awful as to say that, but you are sort of synonymous uh, with that kind of thing. And I was going to ask, which of these things are true or false, would you say, about that particular generation? You've mentioned not having a, a card or cash to pay for things with. Mm -hmm. True? True. I never carry my card or my cash, and I kind of don't carry my ID around either anymore. It's really inconvenient. I don't recommend it. Yeah, disastrous. Does Gen Z not like alcohol? Oh, yeah, I don't really drink that much alcohol either. So yes, on behalf of all Gen Z, I'll say yes, we don't really like alcohol. Yeah, I think those are the two main stereotypes about Gen Z. There are, there are no more, but both yes in, in both cases then. Uh, we've arrived at our third location, I believe. Yes. Do you want to say where we are? We are at Viet Hoa Cafe and Mess, is what it says, that's what it says on the awning. What do we think Mess refers to? I don't know, it, like, it can't be, they can't be saying like, this is a bit of a mess, don't come in. That no, I doubt it, yeah. I, I'm assuming it's connected somehow to Mess Hall, which is like a, a, a military thing. Mm. Uh, but, should we go in? We're being beckoned inside. Great, let's go in. Well, we're here at Viet Hoa. Why did you choose this one? Uh, well, I love all the Vietnamese restaurants along Kingston Road. Um, I love them all so much. I think this one I've ordered from, particularly, more than the others. I've been to pretty much every single one of these restaurants multiple times and ordered from them when I can't be bothered to go out to What's them. your sort of go-to order at a Vietnamese restaurant? There's always whatever, like, salted salt and pepper like whether they have it on tofu, aubergine, like anything like that. I remember the first time I tried it, I was like, this is crazy that they've made tofu taste this good, mm. just with salt and pepper. Like tofu is kind of shit. It's, like, it's a creamy nothingness, really. Yeah, exactly. It's just a texture. There's no flavor there. So to add the flavor, you're like, okay, I can actually work with this. But even then, that even the flavor some tofu here yeah. wasn't enough to stop you drifting back into the world of meat eating after so many years as a good vegan? Well, I did a lot. I did a real shift as a vegetarian from like from the age of seven. Was, that, until, was it your choice to go vegetarian? Um, my dad went vegetarian and because he, he went vegetarian because he saw an advert on the tube, which was a chicken with a picture underneath it that said, I am not a chicken nugget. And it blew his mind. Wow. I mean, the chicken's wrong. <laughs> it's more confusing to children seeing that poster that just will think, oh, well, it's okay then because the chicken nugget isn't really a chicken. Right, and also it implies that there's actual chicken meat in the chicken nugget. That's true, yeah. Which I don't think there is really, it's, so just, it's kind of saying. Well, it, it is chicken insofar as it comes from a chicken, but I'm pretty sure it's just mulched up eyes and beak. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. old eyes and beak division of the abattoir. <laughs> um, but that advert blew my dad's mind. He had an epiphany, and then because I was like, seven I was like I want to do what my dad's doing so um, and my parents are divorced so I was like then demanding my mum to make me vegetarian options for every meal which is like in retrospect I'm like she was so nice about it because like, I was kind of a little drama queen yeah she went ahead and did diva. it yeah she did what it. sort of food did she make she just started making I guess like vegetarian pastas and stuff and then when I became I became vegan because like these really cool hot girls at my school were all vegan they would like 
get like one girl at a time and like lock them in a room with this YouTube documentary on veganism and you'd come out being like, what? I'm vegan. What was the documentary? I can't remember, it was, it was one on YouTube. It wasn't one of the famous ones. It was like a guy on YouTube basically giving a lecture. And I remember being like, yeah, this sounds good. But I think everyone I mean, that just- that sounds like it's kind of Islamic state tactics. <laughs> I think everyone- Radicalizing people. Just wanted these girls to like them. Uh, sure. Yeah. Was... Did they put a bag over your head while they took you to the room? Yeah, now come to think of it, <laughs> there was quite a lot of bag involved. Yeah, but it was a bag that was full of McDonald's smells to make it even more sort of disorientating and weird. <laughs> so yeah, so then I went vegan for a bit and then... Did it work? Did they like you as a result? Yes. Like, not not enough. Not enough to justify the years of change there. Well, you know, it's a good thing to do, I'm sure. Like, it's, it's very, very good for many reasons. Um, but now I'm in, like, a sort of middle ground of trying to do like mostly plant-based but a bit of dairy here and there a bit of chicken might slip under the radar right i see um, does the chicken occur when you're drunk well actually the first time i had a uh, chicken nugget from being vegetarian since seven the first time i had a chicken nugget was when i like came out as bisexual and started dating women the first woman who's like flat I went back to she was like do you want do you want some chicken nuggets I'll put some on and I was like well look I guess I'm trying everything tonight yeah maybe that's just what bisexuals do yeah Eat we have nuggets chicken nuggets all the time. At night. yeah so. and also maybe you know, subconsciously maybe you thought oh, if I come out as a meat eater now people won't be so distracted mm. because there's this other thing I'm coming out as yeah yeah so yeah, yeah no yeah. one's gonna notice the fact you're chowing down on nugs all the time exactly it would be slipping it under the rug and now, if you could speak to those girls that peer pressured you into being vegan by showing you a, a, a sort of murder documentary yeah. and you've gone back to eating meat, what would you say to them now? Look, I'd say if you guys want me to be vegan, I'm happy to go back to being vegan. I respect you so much. You're all beautiful. Please be my friend. That wasn't as full-throated <laughs> and rebellious as I thought it was going to no, be. No, no, not at all. It was not moving at all. in its I, own way. I... I will cave to whatever the latest thing someone says to me is. Absolutely. And I do think like veganism, like I think it is totally the morally like really good thing to do. But also I think it's like a bit difficult if you've ever had like a, a difficult relationship with like food or like yes. anything that you, you should like be careful of like slipping into like restrictive behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, when you were fully vegetarian, before we just tuck into the absolutely delicious Ooh, smells so good. prawn toasts that have been put down here and uh, vegetarian spring rolls, uh, what were your sort of go-to vegetarian places in London? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know if I... Well, there was, when I was vegan, I was like very um drawn in by anything that was like a you know like a, a vegan ice cream place or like i think i first went to a place that did vegan fish and chips somewhere in hackney um but it was before i lived in london i just like came in for some for something else and did a pilgrimage to this vegan fish and chip shop and it was it was fine yeah i mean it was underwhelming might be sacrilege but i do feel that fish and chips at the best of time yeah is basically fine anyway our wonderful meal's been put down in front of us. Shall mm. we uh, dig in? Yes, absolutely. Gen Z, true or false? <laughs> oh, yeah. All of Gen Z have dyed their hair. Oh, true. How many of your friends have dyed hair? What percentage? I would say, like, at any one time, probably, like, 70. Yeah, that's a lot. Gen Z hate jobs and don't want to work. False. Okay. I think it's a more complicated issue than I'll be able to summarise briefly for a podcast. But I Are you think saying like, this audience is thick? <laughs> no, I'm saying uh, I'm thick. <laughs> <laughs> There's like probably high standards 
and like a sense of like futility about the world like it's very easy to not want to work if you're like well the world's gonna burn in like four years or whatever so like what's the point in working like a nine to five that's very doing fatalistic. Like social media yeah. yeah working for the man yeah whereas i feel like my generation we were more than happy to throw our lot in with the man the man made a lot of promises to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys love the man. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. You guys were all getting off with the man. <laughs> yeah. You can often find me in the corner with the man canoodling. <laughs> How about this one? Gen Z love dubstep. Is that true? Gen Z love dubstep. False. Definitely from me. I hate dubstep. I think okay. it's the, some of the worst creations that, that humans are responsible for. I had a thought last year, which I can't get out of my head of like... What if I found out, like, my therapist was really into dubstep? Have you had a dubstep therapist? Yeah, or, like, someone that you really trust in your life all of a sudden comes out and is like, I actually love dubstep. And you, you get, rolls up his arm and he's got, like, the kind of tribal tattoos. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, and he, and he leans over with his headphones and goes, oh, have a little listen to this. And you just hear it go, wub, 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 wub. Yeah, I'd be like, no matter how good we've built this relationship to be, this is over. Yes. Would you accept a dubstep therapist before you accepted a UKIP therapist? Oh, that's a great question. Um, God, they would both be hell on earth. But it's not like the UKIP person or the dubstep person's done anything awful towards you before they've revealed this. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Nigel Farage as your therapist. Right, 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 right. It's not... To be honest, I'd be very surprised if, if the UKIP therapist managed to keep it under wraps whilst talking about my, like, Polish and Italian heritage. Right. If they had, I'd be like, oh, I'm not sure I can take any of that seriously anymore, you know? Yeah. But, like, you might have had some ulterior motives. I don't know, what would you pick? UKIP uh, or dubstep therapist? I, I think I'd probably find it harder to take the UKIP person seriously, mainly because I feel like UKIP have sort of achieved their goals now. I don't know what they really need yeah, or want right. from this point on. So if someone's continuing to identify as a UKIP therapist. Yeah. Where are they going from this point? I think a dubstep therapist, I'd be like, look, I don't trust you anymore. And I know we will never have fun together in the same space, but that's probably fine for a therapist. Yeah. You're probably not a good listener if you've been listening to dubstep. I think it's sort of gross to find out your therapist is into anything, yeah, really. Yeah, true, apart from you. Apart from you, yeah. It's like having a sort of karate teacher, something like that. You don't want to see them at the disco. Yeah, exactly. Well, the sun is slowly setting. Mm -hmm. It's very warm. It's beautiful. It's a lovely day. And we've arrived at our final location. Where on earth are we? We are at the Rosemary Branch Tavern. It says, I've never seen that it says tavern before. And this is where I come pretty much every time after the football at the, uh, we play football at the Britannia Leisure Centre where we started, which so is organised. From the cage to the branch. Exactly. It's a WhatsApp group of like, I think like probably like 48 people or something to get to play five aside every week. Most people are just lurking in the chat. Then people will come, you go play football, then you come here and have a pie afterwards and That's catch so up with nice. friends. Anyway, let's go in. What's the best thing when you look at your phone after feeling it buzz? Ooh, if one of my group chats is popping off with a bit of gossip. That's it. And, that's you, and you can I see want. that like seven people yeah. have answered in like six seconds. Like seeing like seven, oh my gods. Yeah. I'm like, I cannot wait to open this message. How many group chats like that are you in? I'm not in enough group chats. It's a real point of upset for me. I actually made me cry earlier this year. Um, because there was like, I can't remember what it was, but there was some like drama happening 
in the comedy world and someone posted online a friend of mine who i'd actually like i i've told him about this um but he he posted online being like oh like all the comedian group chats today are going off and i was like nothing's happened on my phone right and i was like okay. oh my god i'm not in enough group chats everyone hates me i have no friends that led to the cry well those two last things could still be true even if the first one wasn't you that's know. true that's true and what a comforting thought yeah what, what do you think are the ingredients for an effective and long-lasting group chat because if you're a a stag party, for example, sure. you're going to draw, draft it into one, but you know that thing's not gonna, that's a May to September romance. Yeah, it can't be around an event, I don't think. It can't be like we're going to Thorpe Park no. or we're like uh, going on a stag do or whatever. I'm in those group chats, they don't last. But the group chats that I'm in that have kind of persevered are just like, we are a group of friends and this is our method of communication. Yes. You need one person who's willing to put like anything in there and then you need people who are willing to pick up the slack. Yes. And like react, reply, even if it's like not worth it. How do you feel when someone sort of says something that makes it very clear they've not really been paying attention for two weeks or so? I think that's fair enough. Like you're a group chat, it's a flexible thing. You come in, you go out. It's like it's it's like your family, you know, it's there when you need it. True or false, Gen Z hate picking up the phone but love group chat. True. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. But thank you for bringing me to the Rosemary Branch pub that I, I've long loved, mm -hmm. the theatre here as well. Normally, uh, I would sit outside the front because it's one of the rare pubs in London. A little bit of insider knowledge for the pub aficionados. One of the rare ones that in, uh, in summer, or well, any sunny day, you have afternoon sun the entire evening pretty yes. much. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You can get that sun-kissed look. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely place, but we're currently sat to, uh, around the back. Mm. Not familiar to me. Yeah, I'm usually outside in the sheltered tables. That's my go-to section. When you're going section. cage to branch. Yes. Do you know what? I just realized um, there's all these games here. And mm -hmm. I had an idea before, if it was possible while I was talking to you, if I ran out of things to say, I could just kind of quietly have a question from Trivial Pursuits and it would seem seamless. I can't think of something to say. Oh, who wrote the classic of controversial novel, Lolita? Vladimir Nabokov. That's correct, yeah. I can't believe I know that. But I feel like I should do all of these podcasts with a little box of trivial of pursuit trivia. questions yeah, yeah, here, yeah, just yeah, in yeah, case pick up the slack. conversation dries up. It's and important. Yeah, and now we can talk about Lolita. That's Okay, where do you stand on that? Probably against. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough to have a have True a or false? Gen Z hate nonces. True. Yeah. Well, that's fair Imagine enough. if I said false. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually very forgiving. Yeah, big-hearted people, the Gen Zs. <laughs> Well, at this stage, I'm going to broaden our focus to London in general, away from Haggerston in particular, okay. and ask you about all the things that you would give five-star goated status to off the top of the dome. Don't okay. think about it too much. Okay. Starting with, what is your five-star cup of coffee? Oh, uh, okay. I, I don't drink coffee, but I'm going Good to start. shift it to chai latte. I love a chai latte, E5 Bakehouse. The home-brewed chai, best chai I've had. Apart. Have you ever had chai with molasses in it? No. If ever you go to a, a, lots of Indian cafes that do sweets, mm -hmm. you can order chai to oh, drink. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, often yeah. they'll say, do you want it with or without molasses? And it adds this insane sort of deep flavor to it, which is very, it's sweet, but it's also unlike any other kind of sweet um, drink you've had. Okay. What is your five-star park in London? Five-star park, Hampstead Heath. I know it's a classic. I know it's basic. I know it's already been said before by Keats and whoever else was Doc knocking Brown. around there. Doc Brown, Keats, these great poets of our generations. 
but it's just the best. I would sell my soul to live by Hampstead Heath. What bit of it in particular jumps to mind? Well, I don't know. I haven't really explored the top side of it because I think that's where like the billionaires live. Yes. I've explored the side that's accessible to the, to the peasants like me. Your yeah. high gates, your Hampstead overground station area, Belsize Park sort of thing. I think living in between Highgate um, Cemetery and Hampstead Heath, Ooh. I'd not have a care in the world. And you can go and observe the dog pond. Yes. Which is very, very enlivening. Yeah, 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 yeah. And go for a dip in the ladies' pond. Yes, well, you can. I've tried, let me tell you, <laughs> they don't like it. Uh, what is your five-star pizza? Five-star pizza? I live near a yard sale pizza. The last time I ordered it was just when uh, we'd moved into to this flat. Got like one of the m massive ones. Yes, with the, the broccoli option. I think we got whatever like their novelty pizza was at the time they always have a novelty they always option have like a fun those yard option. sale funsters was and it marmite at the time i've the marmite pizza bites mm. those fuckers know they know Very what they're good. doing yeah. they know what they're doing so yeah i would say any of the any of the yard sale pizzas i'm into it god yeah. i sound like such a basic east londoner it's so embarrassing it's okay what's important is you don't overthink it and people like yard sale for a reason as well it won the inaugural clash of the slices timeout pizza contest Fantastic. Um, a little while ago deserved winners as well good nice guys great yeah what is your five star tourist attraction London Dungeons Yay! that's the fifth nomination for London Dungeon this series almost half the guests have spoken about London Dungeon I have been to the London Dungeons with one of the other guests of your podcast, Chloe Petz. How did you find she it? She took me for my birthday. I love that's amazing. It was um it was one of the best days of my life. It was absolutely Do you remember how much it dream. costs? No, I don't. Well she bought me tickets okay. as a present. If you have to guess how much the London Dungeon costs. Um twenty quid. Keep going. Thirty quid. Keep going. Forty quid. About thirty five to forty is the yeah. But as I always say, it's three hours of good entertainment. You're keeping a lot of underworked actors yeah. in work. And they're hot. The actors at the London Dungeon are hot. Yeah, that doesn't get spoken about enough, really. I fancied Jack the Ripper so much that I was like, I'm actually starting to empathize with him a little bit. That is a very problematic statement. <laughs> I never thought I'd be telling the spokesperson of Gen Z that they can't be out there saying that sort of stuff. I mean, true or false, Gen Z don't like Jack the Ripper. True. Yeah, very true. Uh, <laughs> what is your five-star takeaway? My five star takeaway. Ooh, that's, I do remember, I know that for a fact I have ordered pick and mix to my door before. How much pick and mix would you, because I feel like to, to make a delivery driver hand over like a small bag of pick and mix is so much worse. Because at least if you get like, a, like yeah, two kilos, you can, you can be like, oh, kids party or yeah, something. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, oh, they were thinking, kids party that's maybe lasting a week or okay. something with the amount I was ordering. I ordered, I think my max was like 25 pounds worth. What are the ultimate pick and mix varieties? I'm so glad you asked. Watermelon slices. I don't even know what they are. They're, you, you do. I They're don't. green and red and they have, they, you know what a watermelon looks like. It's that. I know what a watermelon looks like, but I've never seen it as a pick and mix thing. Oh my God. But they're nice. Are they just gummy, gummy ones? They're gummy, they're fizzy, they're a bit sour. Then they're like red tubes with a white filling. Yes, very nice. Classic, and I'll mm. take those in fizzy as well. And then look, this is gonna get me lambasted, but I, the truth is I like chocolate mice. That's fine. You can say that on this podcast. Thank this you. is this is a, a an safe open, space. truthful place. It's a safe space. 
Well, I always remember the banana ones, the sort of like slightly mulchy banana Banana ones. ones are great. Cola bottles can get fucked. I have no time for them. Interesting. Why is that? They're bad. What makes them any worse than any? The, the constituent they elements taste are the, bad. Exactly they taste the same. bad. I don't like them. Yeah. Like cola is a drink. Leave it outside. Yeah. Cola flavoring is a very particular kind of flavoring yeah, as well, right. isn't it? Yeah, it's not right. It's not, and it's just anti anything like any sort of Haribo or whatever with foam, I'm interested in. What about, okay, you might be too young to have ever taken part in the ice cream factory. I don't know what that is. Well, it was a thing that Pizza Hut used to offer. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, that's right I up your street, that. surely. Is that not still available? I assumed it was gone. I, I would have thought enough lawsuits about diabetes and sort of things like that might have shut them down because it was essentially, it was like a sort of buffet but only for ice cream with sweets. It was heaven oh. on earth. I feel like the microphone would have picked up my heart shattering yes. into a million pieces maybe, as you maybe said that maybe going. it's I gone. We'll have to find, if I had known it was still going, I would have taken us there today. Yeah, I'm glad that like you do know it because it would be a real shame. It would be an absolute tragedy if you as a sort of sweet maniac had never been there. I think it was probably the um, the starting point yeah. for getting to this place I am today. It was the top of the slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> there are too many slippery slopes these days. You know, bring back normal slopes. Why has every slope got to be so slippery? Get some slopes with a bit of friction on them. Yeah, exactly. What is your five-star tube station? Great, great question. I might just go for, like, one of the classics. Mm. It might be Oxford Circus. Yeah, you know what? Like, that one hasn't popped up before. Really? You'd think it would have. A lot of Baker Street noms. But what makes you feel Oxford Circus? I actually had a debate about this with someone the other day. I think Oxford Circus, for me, is, like, that's, like, the main tube station. And for, I know for some people, they think King's Cross. They think other places. But for me, Oxford Circus, that's, like, the Earth's core. It is. I, I feel like there's something about the fact that there's those four exits. Yeah. That sort of, are like, almost like a big X. Yeah. And in the middle of that X, I sense a great, like a sort of focus of like druidic power yeah. almost <laughs> that represents the middle of London. Yeah, actually. yeah, 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 yeah. And exactly. every day, like these people are spewed out from these four exits to go and shop and to go and work and give life to the city. Yeah, exactly. And I think when I used to visit London as a child, we'd always go to Oxford Street. And so coming out of those escalators in Oxford Circus, I'd be like, this is it. it We're is in really London, impressive. baby. I'm sad that the top shop has gone with the DJ. That was always, I always thought, what a gig yep. to be the Topshop Oxford Street DJ. Yeah, that is a vibe. Topshop was such an important place for so many people. I'd say yeah. across like three generations yeah, almost. Yeah, big time. Everyone has stories. I think especially like, I think for maybe for like men a bit less so. Mm. I think a lot of men's memories are being there with a significant other waiting for them to sort of finish shopping. Yeah, they're crying in the changing room, a trying on bit. some jeans. But the like the amount of people I know that when it was announced it was closing were like really heartbroken yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and now it's going to be a huge IKEA. Sorry. Is it? Yep, it is. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know who needs to go into town to buy. Yeah, that tables. stresses me out. Yeah. That idea. It's a bit much. Well, I'll be the DJ at IKEA hopefully. What sort of music would you play? in an Ikea to sort drum of and bass drum really and bass intense good. drum and bass yeah just to make it very sort of claustrophobic yeah make them hurry up with their billy everyone would just be purchases. climbing into the beds trying to hide yeah what about your five star dessert oh that's such a hard choice that is such a hard choice like if I wanted to go for like the classy answer this is probably like the you know this is not representative of anything that I would have daily or how I live my life but I went to a restaurant called Andrew Edmonds in Soho. Iconic. Upstairs Iconic. also there was a really cool drinking club. I don't know if it's still oh, exists, really? but it was the ultimate Soho little wooden room full of people snoozing in armchairs. Perfect. Well, we went there and I had, and this is never something I would order, but a lemon posset. 
I don't really know what it is. It was like a, le- a little lemon mousse. It was unbelievable. Yes. It was unbelievable. And like, I think that's like the real sign of like an amazing dessert is when it's not something that you'd usually go for. And then they like smash out the part. What was it that drew you to the posset? There just wasn't that much on the menu. Yes. It's like one of the, when it's like a classy restaurant, they'll be like, look, we've got three things on the dessert menu. You either want them or you don't. Mm, yeah. And I was like, I want a dessert. So I guess we're having the posset. Uh, and finally, what is your five star city that's not London? Amsterdam. Okay, Amsterdam. I've never been that into Amsterdam. Really? So what's the appeal? Well, look, I want to say straight off the bat, I'm not someone who smokes the devil's flute. The what? <laughs> uh, I don't smoke weed. Okay. Um, that's not what the appeal is to me. Um, I just love the... Ketamine. Ketterman, yeah, yeah, and the red light district. <laughs> yeah. um, I just love the canals and I love the beautiful, I think it's like a really interestingly laid out city. I love the cycling. Um, I went there in October last year. It was sort of autumnal, you know, all the leaves are orange and red and it's reflecting off the canal and people are cycling. And there were like lots of nice little, like there were like, you know, cats walking, weaving in between lampposts going into these houses. It were you sort of very... recently in love when you went on this holiday? Would you just start, you started going out with your... Yeah. That sounds like a person <laughs> that's gone on holiday having recently fallen in love. But we were with some other friends as well. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't just you with your sort of rose-tinted romantic glasses seeing and all the sort of wonderful sights and sounds of um, Amsterdam. City full of heroin addicts and... Uh, they have a really good pick and mix shop there, actually. Okay, now we're getting to the heart of it. They have a place called... I think it's a European chain, like Candy Pirates or something, where they have, like, foam strawberries and stuff that are literally, like, the size of your hand. So everyone else, when they're talking about going to Amsterdam, is sort of going <laughs> off and having a cheeky spliff, and you're yeah. going and losing your mind on foam I've strawberries. I've got my own red light district. Your own illicit addiction <laughs> to foam strawbows. Uh, well, Anya, thank you so much for showing me around Haggerston. It's been a real pleasure, especially coming to this pub, which I love so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute treat. Oh, nice one. Anyway, see you later. Bye. 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 Well, that was Anya Magliano showing us around wonderful Haggerston. It's quite nice, I've got to say, standing here as the sun goes down by the towpath. The Haggerston Riviera, uh, as it's sometimes called. Uh, true or false, Gen Z are lovely people, true. I can say that now hand on heart, having met her. It was great. If you do want to see her do her Edinburgh show, by the way, I can't believe you've done this. Uh, she's touring it around the UK now, and they've added an extra date at the Bloomsbury Theatre on February the 10th. Uh, that'll, that'll be well worth checking out. Uh, it comes very highly regarded, very well reviewed. So yeah, get along and see that. If you want to hear more from us, do like, do subscribe. We're coming to the end of the series now, but what a wonderful time it's been. Uh, Go back and listen to some early episodes. Give us a five-star review. That works in our favor. Nothing left for me to say other than love thyself and love thy neighborhood. Cheerio. Love Thy Neighbourhood is sponsored by Freenow, the mobility super app. I've interviewed some pretty fascinating characters in my time as Time Out London editor, I've grilled actors, I've endured the bad boy chiller crew, and I've even hung out with the king. But the people with the best anecdotes are always the humble black cab drivers, aka the knights of the road. What's more, they have access to the bus lanes so they can get you to where you need to be quick smart. With Freenow, I can book an audience with one of these wise and powerful drivers in just a few swift taps. 
Oh, and sorry, by the king, I meant the guy who makes the falafel wraps in Seven Dials. I'm on my way, my falafel king. <laughs>